Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. Mikey Dread. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello and welcome to Let's Drone Out. Today is Thursday, the 10th of the 3rd, 2022. And you're joined by everyone's favourite, Curry Kitten. Hello. Uh, the lovely moustache, Stephen. Hello, everyone. And I'm Jack, Bright Until I Fly. And unfortunately, we haven't got Tommy. Uh, he uh, something came up, um, a little emergency, and he's okay. Um, but we thought we would, you know, record something for 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, let's do a little, let's do a little teaser. How about that? Yeah. I have been loving your content, man. You're, um, I'm, I'm, I feel really sad for you that you, you lost your, your, your quad in, in the drink. <laughs> like that sucked, but you've been doing deadly catch stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was uh, definitely one of the the more interesting um, adventures. Uh, and, and shout out to the production crew for for being okay with me kind of sneaking in some BTS shots here and there. Uh, obviously, it's not if I could have it my way, you know, I, I'd just be doing this the whole time. But um, you know, that's not very professional. At the end of the day, I'm I'm. I'm there to to do something, uh, not this, right? So, yeah. but they were cool about it, um, and yeah, I, I thought it was going to be a great opportunity to kind of share with uh, with with folks, you know, some of the predicaments that I sometimes find myself in in this uh, professional career of mine. Oh my god! Yeah, how how cold it looked cold, but I'm sure it doesn't come over in camera like how cold was it i mean it well let me preface this by saying that uh, first of all um i'm i got that island blood you know i i live by the coast i'm sun flip-flops and tank top kind of guy um so i get cold very easily is what i'm trying to say here it but it wasn't it actually was not that cold um now on the way there, I had to stop by Anchorage, Alaska, and that was ridiculously cold. It was like negative two when I landed, and and then with like the wind chill factor, it was like negative like ten or fifteen or something like that. Um, but thankfully, that's not where I needed to to film. Where I needed to film was actually in a spot called Dutch Harbor, Alaska, Unalaska, actually, which is really weird. And there, it was like the twenties. Um, and then it got colder with the wind chill factor and then colder when it snowed. So it wasn't incredibly cold, but it was definitely cold for me. And, and, and being on shore is definitely warmer than being out at sea. <laughs> that, was way, that was way, 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 way colder. <laughs> and uh, of course the snow landing on your face, melting, and then the wind hitting it and freezing it back up again was not, was not fun at all. Oh, oh my God! That sounds horrible. <laughs> it was a little, it was a little miserable. Um, you know, I basically just packed all my snowboarding gear and uh, just kind of hoped for the best. And I mean, more or less, it worked out. Extra pairs of socks and everything, and yeah, it was literally like just double, triple on like everything. Like it, it, it probably took me like twenty minutes just to put clothes on and take clothes off. <laughs> You know, you're walking on kind of like just like this, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. That's incredible, man. Um, also, one of the things that really sort of stuck with me was, um, you know, when you were getting feedback from the editor guy, and he he said like, "Oh, we can we need a shot of you like panning out," and I was like, "How do you like? How, how do you explain to him, dude? Like, 
you know, we've got an angle and like with a quad and flying backwards, you'll get, you just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, I, I'm very, very, very used to that discussion. Um, you know, FPV is becoming more prominent, but is absolutely still a very new tool that not very many DPs understand. And, but, you know, thankfully, once I explained to him, like, look, the way this works is that the camera is fixed to the drone. The drone flies like a helicopter. And basically, the nose of the drone is where the camera is aiming at. So, whatever I got to do to maneuver the drone to the, get to that position is what the camera is going to see. And it was, it was a concept that he understood very quickly. Uh, but what also helps is you, you also provide tricks and solutions. So, in that case, he wanted something that kind of pans out to reveal a city, or I think it was the boat harbor at that time. And I said, I could do the same thing. You just got to play the clip in reverse. And he's like, oh, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> so you just got to be uh, creative in how to get a shot similar to what they want, uh, even if that means doing camera tricks, which is not a new concept in, in the movie yeah. film cinematography world. Do you get people walking backwards and cars driving in reverse? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that could be a thing, but, um, you know, in this case, there's not very many people in Dutch Harbor. <laughs> no, I, I, I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> like, not very many people, like, at all. Uh, so that, that wasn't a problem. The, the footage looked amazing, by the way, and I have only, like, I watched about five minutes of the... Thing you were in with Joshua Bardwell about um, was it how you know becoming professional? So that was kind of cool. Do you want to tell everyone about that? So yeah, well, I, I mean, you mean about the interview or about just yeah, um, yeah. I so while this is a while back, actually, I don't even. I think this is actually even before Alaska. But uh, yeah, Bardwell interviewed me, just asking me some general questions about being uh i i guess I, I always feel weird calling myself a professional fpv pilot because in my head i i'm just playing with toys man <laughs> like you know what i mean yeah. so i always feel weird just calling it that but yeah he Mate. just asked me questions about like what it's like to to do this you know to be paid to do this on on set bigger sets and bigger productions and uh it's definitely not what you think definitely not what i thought <laughs> it's, just, it's really very high stressful environment you got to really know how to go with the flow and and perform under pressure yeah i remember uh, i i saw your bit about being like i get up at 6 a.m and they don't need me till 6 p.m yeah. 20 minutes before i go i was like yeah that sounds like tommy you've been legit since dan like i remember you know Dan. that was like, you <laughs> that's know. how i know you're og anybody who calls yeah. out dam or guns <laughs> versus drones or any of that stuff all right no, you you were the i was just like man this kid's got balls and then they just kind of got even bigger uh when it came to dugger dive <laughs> well know. shoot you know i i mean that was kind of the good old days where you could you could get away with uh doing semi-gray area flights right I feel yeah. like if I were to do that today, I would I would get roasted. <laughs> I would just get roasted for being uh, for being irresponsible or pick one of the many very many names that falls into that category. Yeah, man. But you know, at least were you part of the diving the the bridge in Canada? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> exactly. That was, that, was, that uh, may have been you. That was just all me. Uh, and what's funny, you know, funny little tidbit about that, that that was just something I we were done filming um, and I was just like, all right, well, I'm going to go fly for fun now for like my own channel. And, you know, it ended up being really cool. And Capper was like, we got to put that on the Road Riot channel. And I was all like, all right. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then that sequence of events happened. And that was sort of the you end of from Canada. I was banned from Canada temporarily. I was temporarily banned from Canada. But uh, once they finished their investigation and they figured really at the end of the day there was nothing broken, nothing, no rules or anything like that, uh, we, it was all good. Oh, man. You're so lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, on the flip side, it would have been like, 
you know, if it went on my channel, would it would it have garnered the same kind of attention? Because I like to make the argument that people that follow my channel kind of already know what to expect and wouldn't, you know, know. They just know what's up. Um, but then it ended up being on on the Road to Right channel, and uh, it it got a different kind of attention. I know. For all you snitches, you're gonna get stitches. <laughs> mm, mm, yeah, yeah. Like a so, prop to your balls. So those those uh, crazy days are gone. Well, I mean, I've I definitely still have footage that will just never see the light of day. But uh, but now I kind of get my fix doing it like on set and in production because now I get to fly in streets and moving cars yeah. like legally, <laughs> right? So. Yeah. So I'm getting it. I'm getting it one way or another. Um, how's how's your gear? Are you still are you still like totally cool with DJI stuff? Even though you lost your your quads and you know yeah, what like, I, are you I, using? I should probably just really expand on that a little bit. Like, like DJI gear has been fantastic. Um, and the only reason why I that I lost my video link during that particular shot, we found out later was that there's a lighting system on that boat that uh, communicates on 5.8. And it's, it's a, it was a new system that completely just took down like anything flying this guy. It actually took a Mavic later on in that same day. Oh, uh, so, yeah, it, it, the, the Mavic just freaked out and then toilet bowled and then just decided to sink down into the water. <laughs> So, uh, you know, that no matter what it was, analog, DJI, digital, whatever, if it was on 5.8 and you were, you know, anywhere within the vicinity when it powered on and or communicated, it was just going to take you down. So, yeah, not not DJI's fault. Not that I'm trying to back up DJI, but I've been very happy with DJI. No, no worries. I'm glad glad you've kind of figured it out and sorted it. Um, what, What flight control are you using now? Have you switched over to Ultra? No, I'm. I have been with Betaflight, um, and every now and then I, I dabble over just to just check myself and just see what's new and what's good. And like, I can always get close to what I like, but um, you know, it just getting to the point where I'm happy with the flight performance just comes so much easier in Betaflight that it's at this point i'm i'm pretty much sold that it's going to be a very long time before people catch up yeah no worries cool um what was i going to say what happened to the i don't know whether you're allowed to talk about this what happened to the 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 kiss whoop board kiss v2 whoop board you were doing it just I, it, it was yeah so i really wanted that to happen um oh. but it was it has to do with licensing and it has to do with licensing and it has to do with just kind of what's happening that I, I don't want to talk about because I, at this point I'm so far separated that I don't even know what's going on anymore. But there's just yeah, a no lot worries. of back end things about licensing it and who's making the board um, that was just not panning out. So, um, but what I've found is that I, I, I mean, with beta flights features, like, especially with the small micros, you know, managing vibrations and frequent resonances is just, it's just so much easier to run it. Uh, it's just a much better experience in my opinion on beta flight. No worries. All right, man, we'll, we'll call it there, but right. unless you've got anything, have you got anything you're going to release soon? If you want to plug it? Um, no, well, I, I am running this campaign where I'm, I, and I'm just calling it a community build. And really, at the end of the day, it's the idea is that, you know, whomever's watching the videos can all vote on basically the design and direction of this project. Uh, and Ooh, it's a hive mind. Yeah. So I, I kicked it off last Friday by just basically asking the community, like, give me a good use case application. So, for example, I, I want uh, to use it for long range slash like exploration or something that flies for a very long time. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe maybe you just want something that has just the absolute crazy power to weight ratio or, you know, something like that. Um and so that I'm going to gather everybody's ideas and inputs, and I'm going to put it into a Google Doc sheet that everybody can then vote on. 
And uh, once that happens, you know, let's just say everybody decides on long range. Okay, great. So for long range, like I'm going to present what's the next set of like requirements that we need to hit, right? So do we want it to be smaller? Do we want it to be bigger? Do we not care? Because all we care about is just how long it flies for. Or maybe we want it to fly for a long time, but we also want it to have a little bit of freestyle characteristics. Whatever, you know, I'm going to present all these things. And basically through each step of the R&D process, everybody gets to watch and everybody gets to decide. And the, the idea is that I, I'll present the data, I'll do the testing and show you what I'm finding on my side or my suggestions. Um, but then at the end of the day, everybody watching just votes all the way up until the end. And because I have the resources now to not have to worry about hitting MOQs or, or anything like that, you know, even if at the end of the day, 50 people really at the end of the day want this or buy this, that's all right with me because it's not like I have to hit like 500 or a thousand. Yeah, no worries. Cool, man. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And I can't wait to get you back on the show. I hope to see you soon. Yeah. And uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you, man. You're just such a great guy. For sure. Yeah. And if anybody wants to participate in, in that, you know, community build that I'm talking about, just go check out my YouTube channel, find the latest video and then just comment. Uh, yeah. Drop in your idea there, and then uh, pretty soon I'll be compiling all that, and then we'll we'll see where this goes. But uh, yeah, other than that, uh, always happy to be here, Jack. So thanks, uh, let's, man. Yeah, let's schedule something soon. And we're back. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks for filming that, Jack. Yeah, and Cole did put the link in the bottom of the chat. So if you want to go over and um, look into what Tommy's up to with the community feedback. Please follow the link. Thank you, Cole. Sorry, Stephen. And thanks, Tommy. Um, how's your week's been, guys? You all right? Pretty good here. Uh, I managed to <laughs> get out flying and had to rinse off my motors today. Beautiful and sunny, but still a, a nice solid layer of mud on the ground. So managed to get a bit of bit of grit in my AOS 3.5, but it's flying well. And... Uh, Generally messing around with Betaflight 4.3, trying to cajole this H743 all-in-one to fly. It's it's getting there. It's been an exhausting journey, but I feel we're getting there. And uh, yeah, the new Betaflight release is flying an absolute treat. And I have to say the hype is real on Chris Ross's frames. That guy, uh, he evidently knows what he's doing. Are they all lubed up? Yeah, it's greased up, yeah, inappropriately. Um yeah, I've got some of this really thick grease from Banggood. It's more like glue. You wouldn't really think it was even lube to look at it. Like it's so thick that it's it's adhesive and you have to like wash it off your hands with like neat washing up liquid to get get it moving. It's really, really thick. It's worse than engine oil. But I, I guess it just stops stuff rattling. And that frame has just no vibrations. You can crank everything up just fine and uh, deals with prop wash, cuts through the air perfectly. It doesn't rattle or wobble around. It's a nice flyer. Mm. I've stripped down my first, um, whatchamacallit, DJI air unit as well, my little Vista. I made a oh, naked Vista. I got a bit worried, but I thought I'd just go for it and um, seems to have worked okay. So say it, 10 grams. It looks like you could even fit it a full Vista in there anyway. Oh, you could. I just did this to save 10 grams because it's a wee bit heavy for a three and a half inch build. I thought it's about the same weight as my four inch build, which is more of a kind of what's well, right there. The four inch builds like this, just a toothpick on a, you know, X frame, single mm. piece frame. And this one's only three and a half, but they weigh about the same. So I, it was a, that guy was actually 10 grams lighter than that one. So I wanted to get that down. So they're both sub 250s. Um, with the 750 Mar 4S, and now they are. It's all good. Mm. What about you, Curry? You know, I saw you had some wing action, I think. I had a bit of wing action in the high wind, which was not too much fun, but I did manage to get iNav seemingly working. The auto launch worked anyway. Mm. It, was only, it was only tricky because I, I did my first... I intended to do a couple of laps line of sight. So I was like flying into the wind, it's going well, we're turning around... And then the wing caught it, and it's like, whoop. So I'm like, oh, 
It's gone behind me. That's not good. And then I had to get the goggles on pretty quick. But uh, yeah, it was really, it was really windy. I had another quad. I'd replaced um, a flight control on my little Aquila, and that wasn't getting any sats. And I checked it today, and uh, yeah, Caroline's saying you're welcome. She, Caroline was my inspiration for just doing auto launch because whenever I see Caroline's maiden, she's just like, I'm just going to auto launch it. Occasionally, she does mess it up. And then she's accidentally touched the sticks or something, and it cancels also launching. It's just wee blop. But yeah, mine worked well, and it's uh, it's well worth doing. It it's, uh, some wings, not that one particularly, can be pretty tricky to launch. So if you can get both hands on them and like do a proper overhead or take a run up, it's mm. much better than having to do your normal like one sort of throttle stick and that that side throwing and stuff. But yeah, my other my other quad I was testing that day, um, GPS wasn't locking any satellites. I was looking at it today, and I put like um, a battery isolator on the GPS so I could just pair the GPS. You see it get a lock, plug the quad in, boom, and it just loses the lock instantly, which I thought, that's interesting, because the only thing I've swapped here is the flight controller. So I'm trying to get some comment back from uh, my friends at Rush FPV. It's very nice flight controller, but not so good, it would seem, if you have a GPS. What's on, your favourite GPS? <laughs> I saw you were scoring something like 22 satellites, which is pretty good going. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, oh, it's so easy on a, on a wing, though, because um, I can put the GPS like a mile away. It's, it's not like uh, a quad. Right, yeah. It's like the, it's over I was here. thinking, I don't get more than 12 or 14. How's he getting 22? Yeah, um, also with iNav, you can add GLONASS or whatever, you know, the Russian... GLONASS. GLONASS you can do that yeah. with beta flight, can't you? Or is it... Because the GPS is here, and the closest electronics is, like, over a foot away, over here. I mean, you've uh-huh. got this servo, but that doesn't do much. So, yeah, that's why that locks in so well. It's like it's not, it's not near to anything. If you could do that so, with a quad, you'd be laughing. The way you spoke about it in your video, I got the impression you don't use iNav and, and this was a first try? Uh, pretty much. I I did a couple of configs before, but not very successfully. I had iNav, if you ever watched, uh, I did this 2.6 meter glider where uh, iNav was set up on it and it seemed to be okay. But what had happened is I didn't realize that the tail needed to be screwed on. So halfway through flying it, somebody noticed that the V-tail, which should be like this, was now like that. And then my friend there, Rob, who we've had on the show before, said, do you want me to land it? I can land it line of sight. Um, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you, you go ahead, because I'm not a great line of sight pilot, and we want to we wanna sh- make sure it doesn't work, make sure nothing bad happens. Give him the radio, and he's like, okay, coming in, and it just boom, spirals down and then explodes in a bunch of bits. I was like, mm, okay, I'm glad I gave that to you, Rob. And then... Um, the, the other you just mic drop the radio and walk off at that point. Like, you're low, yeah, I'm like, done. We're done. He's like, oh, don't worry. Just, you just get a bit of uh, bit of carbon fibre to sort that out. <laughs> it's like there's bits everywhere. Um, yeah, I put it on this other wing. It was it was by the same guys that made the, the mini race wing, which was a real bitch to launch. But this other wing was slightly easier to launch. And everything looked set up right. I thought I'd done the, all the checks. So I, I eventually launched it after launching it into the ground about 50 times because it's only got a very small um, five-inch prop because it spins it really quickly. But it means you've got to get some speed behind it when you throw it. As soon as it's going fast, you're, you're, you're okay, but the launch is difficult. But got that in the air, and I flicked on iNav to, like, angle or whatever, and it's flying along fine. I'm flying manually. Switch to angle it just flips upside down and just holds its position perfectly upside down. I was like, ah, I've done, I've done something wrong here, haven't I? I've, I've accidentally made an invert flight switch instead of anything else. And that, um, that one seemed to pop uh, a 50-amp ESC when I was giving it full beans. Fortunately, I was, I was high enough to glide it back to the field I was in. I hadn't done it since. But, so this was my first proper INEF build. But I did. I did use basically the crib sheets from Painless. I watched Painless's videos on setting up like a version three or four INF build. And it has some really good stuff in it because it did explain about what stuff like auto trim is, 
and why you'd use and how to use auto level and auto tune and it had some of his CLI settings for the auto launch uh, which I used uh, a whole bunch of so it was, I was fairly confident you know I'd done some bits in the garden so I could check that the surface was reacting properly I did you this sure it was the right fake, way up and everything yeah I did this fake launch where I basically basically you arm it because auto launch is always on you put the throttle to four and it sort of starts up and then I wanted to check as I move the wing because it it senses the G-force or the acceleration that it had, and it said, yes, you're launching, and then it fires the throttle up full. So I checked that was okay, and I was like, oh, it's fine after that point. If And, you know, you can get back on the sticks pretty quickly, and I'm quite used to just throwing a wing, having it going at a very weird angle and having to get it back quickly whilst I've got the goggles on. So doing it line of sight... Can you do that with having... a quad and have it just so you, like, throw it up in the air, and at the apogee of the throw, it just, like, throttles up and hovers there? That'd be pretty cool. Pretty good. It, I, I, I like to think you people. could just turn it on and do that. We should try that. Just yeah, get but someone to throw it, in your hands, someone else like, arms it. Yeah, yeah. You could have it so there's like an auto launch, but it doesn't spin in your hand. It just spins like a, you know, the middle of the trajectory, the apogee, like when it it's weightless and then it starts spinning there. So it would just like throw up and then just hover and stay there instead of falling back down again. I think it'd be fun, but often finding a launch point for a quad is not a problem, is it? Because it's like it's small True. and it just goes straight up as opposed to... It'd just be a cool trick when you're at the field, throw. like everyone else is kind of, you know, getting things out and you just like take your quad out of the bag, put the battery on and just throw it in the air. <laughs> that could work. That'd be nice. But just to just demonstrate how windy it was, my mm. brother-in-law, it's, it's his farm I'm flying on. He wanted me to do some aerial photos of this barn because he wants to do planning permission and when we were in the sort of the yard of the farm it felt quite sort of calm because the wind is elsewhere it's like we're protected and I got the uh, I had my little Mavic Air with me which is you know it's not tiny the Mavic Air Um, it's not like the is it Mavic Air? Yeah, Mavic Air. It's not like the Mavic Mini which is absolutely tiny but as we started going up he's like oh yeah a bit higher and get that bit it's like suddenly I'm like I'm looking down and it's like oh, I'm not looking at the farm anymore, and that's because the wind had got it and it was just going away and away and away. And I was like, put the stick all the way forward, and it's just kept going further away. So I was like, oh, I'll just pop it and return home. No, kept going away and away. And away. So I had to put it in sport mode so I could get enough lean on the quad to actually bring it forwards to land it again. So it's it's quite na- nasty out there. I'm looking forward to better weather soon. Jesus. What about you, Jack? Do you get up in the air at all? No, no. I've had I've had uh, car malarkey this week and uh, haven't been feeling that great. I did win a um, an eBay auction though for a uh, I think people might recognise it a KK two HC which is a hard case. Uh-huh. So this was the KK2 without the um, without the screen. I, you know, I don't think I'd doing. ever heard of it before you mentioned it before. I just always assumed that all KK2s had proper screens with them. So I'm going to take this one that's f- broken and float the chip off this one and put it on the 30 by 30 And that way we could slightly go even further in the past. But am I Excellent. right in thinking, was KK after uh, multi-Wii or before? The the KK, the original KK was before multi-Wii. The KK2, I think, was after. Sorry, I Stephen, got, what I got were the you going to I was, I was wondering if you're going to go into Antiques Restoration after all this. I, not far off. Not far off. And... Uh, I've done. I've I've had a bit of a mare this week. I, you know how I bought the Happy Model um, uh, receivers with the Open LRS. I hmm. proceeded to d- destroy my Tyrannus. Um, the buttons went in, oh. and oh, uh, you okay. know the usual Tyrannus. You press the buttons, they get a bit sticky. Press really hard, and um, the buttons went inside, and the 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 spine of it was just totally broken and then um i had to order 
like had to nab a new case and then tightening the uh you know the the, the transmitter neck strap uh I've, I've managed to snap the bolt off that so that i've had to order one from bloody america you know trying to t- is tighten it a special it up. bolt or something well it's the you know it's just the you know the eyelet where the tr- transmitter goes, you've and just with a, uh, stripped the thread just, out, or yeah, yeah, just uh, don't know your just, own strength, mate. Oh, just you know, like some people just have this one, you know, like one mode destroy. I was in that mode where I wished you, I. You just applied twenty five percent too much force to everything, and it all goes a bit wrong. Yeah, presented by Jack. Dickinson, yeah, I know. Um, One interesting fact that is you fall over in the same verbal trap that I do. I often say, and I've noticed this on videos, and I just ignore it. I was like, someone will complain about it, but whatever. Um, the amount of times I've accidentally said open LRS instead of express LRS, which you just Which did, is a valid project, amazing, but a totally different which, project. Which Sorry. is an old open source 433 project from many years ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other thing I keep falling over is, is apparently is saying... FGPA instead of FPGA, which several people have picked up yeah, on. Yeah, like in six times in one video. I was practically shouting at you after the fourth time. It's- I know, I know. It's <laughs> just, it's it's not like, if I said it out loud, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, programmable gate array, obviously. It would be fine. But as soon as you, you get into the verbal um, thing of saying it, it, it becomes a thing. When my wife tries to tell people we have an electric car now, she keeps saying we have an electric guitar which confuses many people because they're wondering what on earth she's talking about and why is that relevant to the conversation they're having about cars at the time. But it's just one of those uh, weird things. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. Yeah. Oh, Blue Owl is here. Oh, oh, oh hello, hello, Blue Owl. Blue Owl. On the run girl. Wonder where she's got to on her travels. And there's Mads as well. Wee, Apparently, Curry Kitchen is also a uh, popular channel. It sounds like something I would watch. It sounds like yeah. an awesome cookery show about curry. It sounds awesome. This, uh, it sounds like maybe uh, a channel you do on the side every now and then. I wish. I just don't have the patience to cook stuff. Also, don't have any yeah. time. Right, yeah, right. They stole, I stole Jack's idea. How very dare they take oh an idea that was six years old and make a video about it? Cole, um, our, our resident Canadian, is saying, Jack, what about you being Mr. DJI now, huh? So you I, don't I've seem got to no idea what you're on about. That Join you have now us. caved and you've bought a pair Join of DJI us. Googles. Is this correct? I haven't got a receiver. So, yeah. Well, that could just mean you stole them. Transmitter, yeah. Yeah, I, I, need to, I need to get one. How are you, Blue Owl? Where are you? Where in the world are you? Desperately trying to change the uh, subject. Which exciting place is Blue Owl currently in? Yeah, so you're going to make a very retro quad, but when it gets to the video, it's just going to be crisp 720p60 digitally transmitted then. You'll be able to see every minute oscillation and irregularity of that flight controller, which is perhaps the best way to experience it. You won't be, you won't be losing any of those foibles. Why are you keeping so quiet about your DJI purchases, Jack? Are you embarrassed? Is it being like caught coming out of a sex He's an antique stealer. Yeah. It's like, it'd be like a I'd... wine connoisseur admitting they went to buy a bottle in Tesco's. Can't do that. What, of, of yeah, boxed a little wine? Bit. Yeah. Oh, in um, related news, because we have news, uh, I noticed Bardwell finally put out his 4.3 uh, tuning video. And it was all going really well, and he covered almost everything. And it, he got to the bit where he was doing feed falls, and uh, it, he started to stop at that point because the, the end of his bell fell off. Um, it wasn't using Unibell motors, uh, and they just disassembled themselves. So uh, I guess the motto is be careful when flying Beta Flight 4.3 because your bell end may fall off. So. 
just a public service announcement there. It's always, always, I, I quite like that. Um, I haven't been keeping up very well. It's 4 3 actually oh, released now, not just. They've got up to RC3, RC4 about to drop in. So it's still release candidate. Yeah, chewing through RCs. Pretty much yeah. everything works unless you're in a niche now. Like if you've got an F411 that isn't running ELRS or you've got an F405 or an F7, it's all golden. If you've got an H7, it's a little bit flaky. And if you've got one of these new combined boards with an F411 and embedded SPI connected Express LRS receiver, it's a bit flaky. But outside of that, it's fine. Because I saw that like Express LRS release 2.3, but I haven't looked to see what's new in they there. They just added the, the, the final release of the backpack, didn't they, I think, on that one. So the backpack's now 1.0, and they incorporated uh, HD0 support to the backpack. Oh, yeah. I saw so now it covers that's, the whole gamut of, uh, of tunable video options, analog and HD0. Obviously, we're not going to see DJI because DJI just don't give a damn anymore. It's nice that HD0 have, have come on board. You have to open it up and you solder onto the back. It looks a bit of a fiddly soldering operation. Like to get the 5-volt power, you've got to solder to the end of a pretty small resistor, but it's doable. Um, Caroline's talking about uh, Mayan High being a manned um, oh, yeah. drone pilot. On well, I think it's, the they said that, the first season the, was unmanned because this is a death trap and co, isn't it? Well, yeah, we, we examined their soldering on this show, having looked at uh, some of that safety inspection from the, the crash, and it looked like, well, it looked Sorry. worse than if I'd done it, quite frankly. It was uh, it was really nasty, wasn't it? So It was, good it was to like her. Tony had done it with his mouth. <laughs> I remember Frank Except it would have been safe with Tony because he would have used gaffer tape. The XT60, where the circuit board had the outline of an XT60, and it was rotated 180 degrees and then soldered on the other way. It was just so many things were not good about it. Yeah. Um, what are they called? Um, component markers, I think what it is. Out, outline. Silk screen. Yeah. Yeah. Silk screen. They are silk screen on. It was, it was just, yeah, it was just horrendous, man. I don't. I don't envy anyone who. I'm, I'm pretty wants sure to. they said the first season is without people in the craft the first season is like let's get the tech problems out of the way i don't think there's going to be anyone in there i mean they've managed to land it in someone's farm and weren't able to fail safe and they like punched it up into commercial airspace completely lost controls they seem like a bunch of muppets really but yeah she's gone off to she apparently moved to australia to do that as well from the sound of it so evidently mm. they've uh, persuaded her that it's it's safe and going to work I don't. I, a quick, quick straw poll to people in the chat and and you guys here. One of the reasons I like to fly FPV is because it's stuff that I wouldn't do in like a full size plane. I just want to do sort of dangerous and dangerous stuff, not in dangerous to like people. Like flying around trees in a full size plane mm. would be insane. And I know a lot of people sort of fly FPV with aspirations of getting into full size like paramotoring or flying or gliding or whatever, it, it it's not for me at all. So when someone talks about going in a manned um, quad, especially one with that sort of build quality, I I get a bit worried. I'm just wondering, amongst the, the guys out there and amongst you guys, is, is flying full-size stuff something you aspire to or are you very happy in just playing with the toys? I'd Speak. quite like to fly someone else around in a quad and then like do snap rolls and see if I could get them to vomit while doing a snap roll, just to see what it looked like. So you're just a psychopath. <laughs> more toys, more fun. Uh, no, I'm not really interested in it. Manned stuff, like if I'm flying manned, I, I'd probably just want to get from A to B. Like driving a car isn't enjoyable. I often think, why isn't this car not just autonomous so I could read a book? I didn't um, Mythbusters make a vomit comet chair where they blindfold you and they've got like tennis balls on it or something. They spin you one way and I don't know, you, you just instantly throw up for emotion sickness. I don't know. It sounds like something they would do, certainly. 
Don't, How are you doing? Don't you find that the more you fly FPV, the less susceptible to uh, motion sickness you get? Uh, I don't know. I'm I sure. Found the less scared I get. For example, my, my daughter, who is just starting to learn to drive, um, I let her drive me home from the shop the other day. And despite like it being a little bit dodgy, I was perfectly fine. She she congratulated me for being so calm. She expected me to be very sort of angry and tightly wound and stuff. I'm like, it's fine. You didn't hit any trees and stuff like that. It's like, it's like getting through, if you can get through an FPV flight where you don't like hit some branches, it's fine. And it's kind of like, I, I said, like, you didn't, you didn't hit any trees. You didn't hit any people. Good, good overall. We landed in, in terms that we, we parked, we slightly overshot just like an FPV landing, but it was good enough for me. So I think FPV makes you more tolerant of danger. Mm. Yeah, I, I, especially when you first start, you are literally when when you're a newbie and you haven't had any external um, input from someone who's been doing FPV or RC for many years. You do just stick your hand in the props and fly where you shouldn't, and you know you're just so excited. You just you know you. You don't really think about everything. You just want to fly constantly. Run through a couple of the comments that we've got in the chat here because we've got a fair yeah, few sure. people uh, commenting. Andrew uh, slash Frank is saying he's happy not to be physically at risk from his flying, which I think is a good sentiment. You know, if you do crash, you're not going to break a leg um, unless you fly into yourself. Limited, limited conditions in which if you crash, you hurt yourself. Audio Geck FPV, I fly because it's stress relieving. Flying in a full size one or controlling one would probably result in the opposite. Uh, someone else, uh, grumpy RC flyer, can't fly, scared of heights. Have you seen the way the wings flap on a plane? Um, or flex. Yeah, flex is probably a, a, a well, and, yeah. And, it's either a joke or yes, though I guess the wings do probably wobble a whole bunch, but you don't notice. That would make for a good VTOL jet, wouldn't it? But yeah, if you're if you're sat near the the wings of like a, a commercial jet, there is quite a lot of movement. Of course, they have to move because else they'll it's rip apart. Snap. But yeah. they still like wave about quite a distance. I know that there's people who don't want those window seats because they don't want to look at that. Yeah, Numskull continues. I, I'm very good that FB, I'm very glad FPV isn't manned with my flying capabilities. And Lurgy, happy with my feet on the ground. It's not so painful when you hit a tree. I mean, this is something that uh, has been brought up in the past. Of oh yeah, there has to be all this legislation for RC aircraft because your your life isn't at risk. And if your life was at risk, you'd be more careful. And yet the, the stories that come out of uh, light aircraft aviation, especially in the United States, there are just Harrison Ford is is not a statistical outlier here. People do stupid things in light aircraft. Um, yeah, I think we should remember that. It's it's not going to make people be sensible all of a sudden. Just like there's bad drivers on the roads, there's definitely bad flyers in light I, aircraft. I remember being um, at Hidden Valley and the, the years that we were allowed to be there, um, you know, you spend quite a lot, many hours in a field and randomly every now and again, there'll be someone who flies out there and practices aerobatics in a full size aircraft in the middle of the valley. And, you know, that, yeah, that was like a real thing. And, and we were just like, what the, so yeah, people do do stuff. And, you know, I got to witness that. Interesting mention in that list of reasons there about uh, people doing it to relieve stress. We've we've mentioned a few times about how it 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 really seems to help people. Any sort of mental health problems, FPV can seemingly really help. Just getting out there and being able to uh, let it all go and and put it into a couple of packs is is the the way to many people's happiness. Yeah, definitely a good thing. Good reason to get outside as well. If uh, you're not into your outdoor exercising, especially this time of year when the world is full of mud, you kind of need a reason to go and stand in a field, don't you? And it's uh, nice to have something fun to do. Yeah, especially when it's all blowy. 
Although the the men, uh, I met two guys in the field. One was doing metal detecting, and I was like, "You didn't see a GPS around here, do you?" I, I asked it the other week, and uh, another guy was just going past with his dogs, and I was explaining what I was doing, and he's like, "You can't fly that, will you? You lose it." And I was like, "Oh, I already flew the plane; it was fine." But he was just talking about the buzzards in the sky, and saying um, there are a couple of uh, types of eagles just reintroduced the Isle of Wight. I'm down on the south coast of England. Mm. If you carry on a little bit over, there's the Isle of Wight. And he said occasionally they come over and um, they sort of circle up like half a mile and then they just come and, and swipe something off the ground. He's like, he's only got little dogs. He's like, I keep having to put my eye up. So <laughs> look out for eagles if, mm. you have, if you're a small dog owner on the south coast of England. They'll get you. Didn't someone lose a chihuahua that that happened, like a like in America, some sort of it, eagle? It could happen. Some, some that of the happen. eagles are absolutely, like, giant, and their talons are like, yeah. you know. Yeah. I think the bald eagle, the American one, is actually one of the smaller and weaker eagles, but some of them get really large, especially in, like, Peru and, and countries Harpy like Harpy eagle, I think, south. is one of the biggest. Yeah. They sort of, you know, it's like, oh, there's a monkey there, I'll have that. Yeah. Well, around where my parents live, there's a load of kites. Uh, the bird, not the, uh, the not, not the wind-propelled aircraft. And, and yeah, people leave out stuff in their gardens, whether it's for them or for other animals, I don't know. But you every now and then see one of them just cut, cut its wings in and just bomb down and come up with a bit of meat or something out of someone's garden they've left out. Leave out chicken uh, thighs and stuff. Weirdly enough, a quick tip for anybody who wants to film red kites and maybe buzzards as well they're, they're very similar looking but one's the, the tail's slightly different on one than the other is if a field's being plowed despite like red kites like being able to take out rabbits and stuff if a field's being plowed you will get a line of kites following it along just picking out the insects although they're, they're big birds uh you will get loads of them so if, if you get your your cine whoop down there following a the tractor along it's a, a good excuse to film them nice yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. It's nice, nice to see them Frank. just hang in there in the thermals. Jeez. Ah, What's yes. He's now? posted the review to the AIB report on airspeeders incident, which was a very near miss, I think. It landed quite close to someone's house. God, that mm. is terrifying. Yeah, it doesn't see, I hope big. they've learned, but the fact that they started out with levels of safety that were slightly worse than what I had when I started building like two inch micro quads does worry me a bit. Like they're doing this with something that's 50 kilos and they can't understand how to rig up a fail safe. That's just boggle the mind a little bit. Look at people who build X class and the amount of care and concern they put into those things is huge. And then these airspeed people look like they'd spent more time on their canopy than they had on their safety features, which was, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> not good at all. Curry, what else have you been up to? Any reviews? Anything? No, no, yeah, I, I've been trying to finish some reviews, but some stuff's not been working. I, I had a, a quite not very exciting review of uh, a sort of pie powered robot y car thing. And um, then the Aquila that I was trying to fly for doing something with a flight controller but nothing just looking see what i've got there nothing particularly exciting coming up i was i was more about going back to some other projects like um i've got this where are we can't find it this board here posting a video i found off this polestar car which is a car that that launches a drone out the back because reasons never gonna happen yeah this this is a combination Express LRS receiver with a VTX, which I'm trying to install in this whoop, which means I have to take the entire thing out, which is a pain in the butt, uh, and seeing if this thing then fits back in it. So I've got sort of bits and pieces on the go. What this just looks like to no, me. Nothing nothing says I'm a big poser. I mean, you buy a Lamborghini, you look like a bit of a. T- but nothing really says I'm a big poser like buying a car that includes the facility to photograph itself built into the car. Like, you have but to be it, a massive just, poser to do that. It's just not going to happen, though, is it? Because it's like... 
just legislation wise you can't have a quad that suddenly launches from maybe the if car you're driving it you. in the middle of africa or somewhere where there's essentially no laws governing this i don't know you'd have to be pretty That's far out of the way i thought yeah it's oh not, yeah it's not, probably in saudi I arabia think, isn't it caroline's caroline's saying total marketing hype i think he's absolutely right yeah. that i don't it's I just like, it oh, look what we could do, but it's not going to happen. It's like, yeah. just, Me- you know. Meanwhile, in, in, in other other news, um, the, the people everyone loves to hate have produced another radio. Um, this is FR oh, yeah. Sky, who've come up with the, the radio Free that no one, no one wanted. Free Sky? FR, yeah, okay, maybe. Um, this is an, a new x light with a three and a half inch sliding touchscreen. Because they can, evidently. You notice it looks that there's a bit like no a PSP Go, doesn't it? There's no lanyard to attach the thing to your neck, but there is uh, two D pads and a sliding touchscreen. So I think you know kind of who their audience is for this. And this is a tandem radio. The 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 cool part here is it's not just FR Sky, because everyone knows that's not getting the hype these days. So we now have the FR Sky twin module, which is both Express LRS and D16, um, the combination that no one was asking for. Don't forget Access, because that's what all the cool kids use. Oh, yeah. yeah. Access to the people who've accidentally upgraded their firmware and can't downgrade. That's the choice of, of that few poor people. Um, yeah, I'm, but yeah, I might as well rip the module out of my... Uh, <laughs> who, who uses Access anyway? Yeah, so Access came after ACST, right? Mm. That's the new one. The 2.x version is Access and the 1.x version is ACST. No, 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 no. Right? The 2. Point whatever version is still ACCST. Access is a different protocol again, Fine. which didn't catch on. Can't even keep up with it. Yeah, and didn't they find a bug that never affected anyone and it was just a way to be really mean and update They found a the bug that caused a twitch and uh, apparently caused a twitch which could result in loss of... Well, they said loss of control, but it was just like a servo twitch. And instead of just fixing the bug, they forced everyone to upgrade to a non-backwards compatible version of the firmware instead of just, you know, patching the existing firmware, which they could have done. They just used it as, oh, yeah, that's why you need to totally change the system that's incompatible with all your whoops and everything. I'm sure people will buy it. I mean, they must have done their research, either that or this company is just... You know, I, I the, think they're just desperate. I don't know anybody that's like, oh, new Free Sky Radio, because they went from absolute pinnacle of everything, they could do no wrong, to mm. these guys are the worst... Let's try something else. And then all the other radio manufacturers jumped in. Very easy to steal the thunder. And the way Free Sky fought back was just to piss everybody else off more. And they're like, they just added fuel to the fire and, and dug their own grave. Mm, really odd. Yeah, I've, I've I've seen a lot of people running weird and wonderful radios, you know, trawling through these Express LRS forums. And I'm not seeing anyone running this EthoS, which is... FR Sky following up to OpenTX, they appear to have, the toys are fully out of the pram at this point because not content with trying to steer OpenTX development by inserting their own paid-for developers and gatekeeping the development using that method, they've now moved entirely away from OpenTX and have EthOS, which does less than OpenTX did, but runs on the new hardware, which, again, no one asked for. So they basically said they're not going to be supporting these old radios. It's all EthoS at this point. It's pretty confusing. Anyway, oh that confusing. is horrendous. Is it, and is it just me or was uh, SPI like, you know, free sky underscore X mode completely the loops? Like you just fail safe constantly. There's a long running RC groups thread. I think that's largely due to the fact that everyone corner cuts on those SPI receivers. But yeah, there's a long-running thread about how it would just randomly fail-safe when you're flying past your knee or something. Well, it started off where if you ran FreeSky X, then it would overload the flight controller, and the flight controller would just lock up. You wouldn't even get RX loss. It would just like, oh, I've frozen. It would be like... Just brain freeze. Literally freezing, and just, oh, 
and then it recover. But in that two seconds, you've already crashed into a tree. But at, at best, there were a couple of guys that put proper receivers in it. I've got one of the um, Emacs uh, freestyle little two-inch quads, and they put a proper-sized receiver on their SPI, and you can get about 300 metres out of it. And That's that was kind better. of the idea. But flying, I was flying inside because I was testing... I was testing one of the beta FPV radios, which uh, aren't particularly good. And I was flying from here, flying downstairs in a whoop, into the conservatory, and it would fail safe in the conservatory. Which Yikes. is, you know, it, to be fair, it's through a couple of floors. And because it was the beta FPV radio, I'm holding it like this. And essentially the, the, the wire is like that. So it's like null point. Flight mm. River Tyrannis, it's okay, but they're I mean, pretty bad. I can... I can fail safe my whoops flying them. I'm upstairs here, and if I fly out down the stairs and then go to the other side of the house, I will fail safe. Like, I'm just, even at 200 milliwatt, I'll start to get video breakup and fail safe. But that's because I've got loads of wiring running through the wall, I think, more than anything else. Yeah. yeah, I think it was was a nice idea, but you just didn't have the proper hardware. At least um, the Express LRS ones I've seen either have the little ceramic tower antenna or a proper antenna mm-hmm. and they obviously work a lot better because at the end of the day you're not after miles of range you just want yeah. you know within a field or within if you're your standing house, in the same fine. room as you're running through like a little whoop racing course you're fine that that that's the use case really if, if you're flying yeah. through a wall or outside it's prob you could probably say oh well whoops aren't really designed for that with maybe make the argument yeah it's kind of fair but at least i feel like spi in sort of the the free sky stuff is hopefully dead and buried now and like spi in the future is just gonna be express rs because everything seems to be express rs these days is this right what frank said why the the no i don't think i don't think that's what it's saying i think it's saying the module can run express lrs or d16 or well, access. I think you choose. I don't know. Frank other. reads stuff. Yeah, he actually did read what I put on screen. Uh, let me just do this again. It does say yeah. that Can there you are read two. The comment, please, for the audio listeners. Why TF would you want a receiver that runs two two point four protocols in parallel? And from the the marketing blurb here, we can clearly see it boasts a three point five inch sliding touchscreen. Angled five degrees towards the user for greater ease of use. Rounded hand Just grips with comfortable it. design. Four standard trims with two extra trims. Mm. Twin what? 2.4G RF module running on the EthoS support 4RF protocol. And then highly resilient RF module providing dual 2.4 gig signals working together Simultaneous. Working simultaneously together, not just individually together, but working simultaneously together, which is double together. I think that just means it's got diversity. I don't think it means it runs FRSky at the same time as Express LRS, because surely even FRSky aren't quite that bad, are they? You'd hope not, but who can tell? Yeah, Frank says uh, it specifically said receiver. Why would you buy a receiver that did two protocols? It's like oh, I might want to fly it differently today. It's like, come on, just <laughs> stick with one. I might want to choose a different radio to fly it I mean, with. Just, it, it says uh, dual like 2.4 gig receivers, but I thought I thought that just means diversity when they say dual. I mean, there's just no reason to run two different protocols because each is going to have different framing. So you get, like you, you get different latency from each protocol. It's just going to be like a disaster zone, isn't it? Have you got a price for it by any chance? Uh, someone said they asked for one but couldn't get a price. I think that was it's Blunty mentioned it, said that he'd asked, but they didn't have a price yet. Um, should we call it there, guys? I guess so. We've been going a yeah, whole hour. hour. Yeah. Um, Stephen, by the way, excellent news topics and stuff. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks, guys. And if anyone has anything they want us to talk about, please hop onto Discord and there is a news and topic contribution thread 
chuck what you find interesting in there and we will feature it thank you and you can uh, if you do really really well i'll send you stickers yeah um also i upgraded my um uh extraction system so if anyone wants my old soldering extractor comes with curry kitchen uh stickers and that uh message me on discord and you uh the postage you can have it so. you've got the sophisticated option that's my soldering extraction system yeah it's a but, pc fan uh, with a usb to 12 volt power adapter currently snaked around a quad yep uh you've been listening to let's drone out you've been joined by everyone's favorite curry kitten goodbye the lovable steven cheers bye and I've been bright until I fly. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Telemetry lost.